Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and I am joined by Christian Rivas to talk about the 24-2 run the Lakers put on the Celtics in the fourth quarter and no other parts of that game. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker had a pretty good like game overall. He was he was hitting shots at. I, I tweeted uh, the picture of John Wall holding the microphone up to Bradley Beal about him getting bucket buckets. That's how I felt watching Taylor. He was crazy, man. Like the fit, he, he had a floater like in the in the first quarter that I was like, where, where is, where'd you get that from? Where did that come from? Yeah, the thing that made me feel really good about Taylor's game was that he didn't hit any threes, so it still feels sustainable. <laughs> You know, right. like if Talon was scoring, you know, 20 some points because he knocked down four threes, I'd feel like, okay, well, that's great and all, but we know what Talon is as a jump shooter and it's not where we want him to be just yet. Right. Mm. But the fact that most of his work was done in the paint, you know, he's just so impossible to keep away from the rim and his touch was just a little bit better today. And obviously we're not going to expect him to convert at quite that high of a rate on a regular basis, but I thought everything he did today was reasonable. You know, it wasn't like completely outside of his element. I felt like a Celtics fan yelling, he's only 20. How <laughs> is he doing this? And he's only 20. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. Um, but we should, uh, you know, potentially address the big picture here. The Lakers played the Celtics on their first game back from a seven game road trip, which I have been thinking of as a five game road trip because I forgot that the Clippers game was not a home game. So yeah, seven game road trip. They're back in L.A., uh, everyone always says that the first game back from a road trip is difficult. Like uh, you're still a little dead legged from the trip itself. And it's almost like you're playing an additional road game. And the Lakers looked pretty exhausted today. Uh, it was not a great performance overall, uh, other than one notable exception, not Taylor Horton Tucker. We'll get to the other guy later, but uh, you know, they just didn't have any wing defenders to guard Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown was aware of that from the start of the game. And as a result, uh, he scored, what, 40 points on 20 shots? Some really efficient stuff from Jalen Brown, plus 36 in the box score. Jesus. Um, Yeah, so the Celtics won. I'm not going to lose sleep over this one. You know, I still think that the Lakers are firmly in contention for that 4-5 slotting in the Western Conference, which that matches them up with Portland Trailblazers. Sign me up. So Lakers are fine. Uh, They had a Nice little fourth quarter run led by Taylor and Tucker. But the thing I want to talk about from this game is it seems like Marcus all has a revenge game. Every time the Lakers put him back in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Cause he like dislocated his finger. Right. Relocated his finger. If, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, and then just was a human flamethrower from behind the arc. I jammed my finger playing pickup. It hurts let me so tell much. You, my uh, my immediate instinct isn't I'm gonna knock down some threes. It is you guys play four on five without me. Like stop like, throwing me the ball. I don't yeah. want to catch it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shout out to Mark. Um, yeah, he, he. I don't want to say he was struggling because you know he was doing what he usually does. He like puts his arms up as high as he can because he's a large man mm-hmm. uh, going up against Tristan Thompson and. Uh, Jalen Brown, as you mentioned, but to no avail in in the first half. The Celtics were getting a lot of what they wanted, if not everything they wanted. The the, de- the Lakers' defense overall wasn't great. No, but 
I mean, given the players that they have available or they had available and you want to talk about dead legs. I think Dennis Schroeder actually has a foot infection. Oh yeah. Andre Drummond re-injured his toe. So it's not the whole leg, but certainly parts of it. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It, It was, it could have not been a fun game and it ended up being a fun game, which I'm happy about because we have to talk about it. Right. So let's talk a little bit about it. Um, I think the consensus from all of the tweets that I read before the start of the game was that Dennis Schroeder was not going to play today, that he had, you know, something happening with his foot. Like you mentioned, it was a foot infection and it didn't seem like he was going to be ready to go. And yet Dennis ever the trooper suits up to start the game this might've been a game where we didn't need to play Dennis. You know, Uh, I am okay with getting guys a little bit extra rest if need be. This also might've been a game where we did not need to play Kyle Kuzma because speaking of dead legs, Kuzma had a calf injury last week, one that cost him the Brooklyn game uh, last Saturday. He doesn't really seem like he has lift in his legs since then. Um, he does appear to have gone to a spray tan parlor and further bleached his hair. <laughs> Maybe the further bleaching of the hair makes his look, his skin look darker in comparison, but I really do believe he got a spray tan and it's unfortunate that we are recording a podcast and not asking him right now to confirm that. <laughs> but yeah, Kuzma also seems like he could benefit from a little bit of rest. Um, I just don't know when those games are going to come from because like, everybody on the Lakers is banked up. As much as I enjoyed, you know, that fourth quarter stretch with Costas Atenecumpo and Vontae Kaycock and, you know, Alfonso McKinney getting things done, you're not going to bench Kyle Kuzma and say that their power forward position is taken care of with Antetokounmpo. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other two Antetokounmpo's, but not this one. <laughs> and with Marky Morris already out, like, it's just, it's a cascading thing, right? I don't know what the Lakers are supposed to do. Like, do you see them being able to sit more guys out or what? I, I think uh, in an ideal world, LeBron James and Anthony Davis come back like clean as a whistle, just very, very healthy. And Frank can tell them, hey, you miss playing basketball? Go play some basketball. Play as much basketball as you want. Give the guys who have carried this team while you guys are out some rest. The true stars of the team, give them rest. Um, aside from that happening, I don't know where it comes from. The, the four position is interesting because, as you mentioned, you, you do have, you know, Anthony Davis, Markeith Morris, and Kyle Kuzma when they're fully healthy. Uh, but that when is becoming more of an if they're fully healthy. Their, their depth is nice in theory, but right now they've needed every player on, on the roster. They, they don't even have duds. I, I no. was going to say, like, you can throw duds in there, but duds is out. On his day off, yeah. he tore his MCL or whatever. <laughs> I wonder if the Lakers ever considered just cutting Dudley and no. signing someone to fill a spot and just letting him hang around the team, you know, like an assistant. Because we're not in a bubble anymore. It's not like he counts toward an extra spot or anything. Yeah, He can still hang out, you know. Um, but they, they like him too much. It's probably not worth it. And, I mean, I, I will – you know, bang the drum for this as long as I can. I do believe that signing a guy like Michael Kidd Gilchrist or Rondé Hollis Jefferson when he was available before Portland snatched him up, like those are guys who could play minutes. They're not playing minutes right now for some reason. And <laughs> we're in this position where Kyle Kuzma has to run around on a calf that 
caused him to airball three shots today. I don't know how to track this. If somebody who listens to the podcast knows how to track this, please tweet at me. How do you track airballs? Because I feel like Kuzma is really high on the list right now. Every game, there's like a free throw or a jumper. And I don't blame him. Like he's had to do a lot for the Lakers. He's he's done pretty well. You know, like the Lakers kept Tatum in check. That's part of Kuzma's defensive assignment, right? Like uh, he can't guard both those guys. <laughs> Somebody's got to guard Jalen Brown and uh, KCP picked up two fouls right away. Uh, then you bring in Macklemore and McKinney and I, I'm not buying the whole MC squared hype that everybody, you know, that's <laughs> running around Twitter right now. You know, I hadn't seen that actually. Uh, count me in. I am mm. all for him, but in garbage time. In garbage time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, not it, it isn't just coups. I think um, this is one of those games where it, it could be, like you said, uh, you know, first game back from a road trip, but it could also be just them coming off of the shortest offseason in NBA history and have playing a compacted schedule. That's a possibility. I don't know if it's one the NBA or its executives considered prior. To this last week with Jamal Murray, it seems the answer to that question is no, because they're they're all expressing their concerns now when it is too late. But I digress. Um, Montrezl Harrell didn't look like he had it either uh, tonight. He like he looked fine. I just didn't get the feeling that he had the energy he usually has. Is I laughed because Taylor Horton Tucker threw him a lob in the first quarter and that's not even a testament to him not having legs that is a testament to Taylor Horton Tucker not understanding that Montrose Herald does not explode the way JaVale McGee Dwight Howard or Damian Jones did um but yeah overall I think everybody just looked pretty gassed I'm cracking up that you felt the need to include Damian Jones in that of course that when he missed that I was like Damian Jones would finish that Lakers yeah, in, in my memory, Caruso was the one that threw him the lob, but maybe oh, that was two separate occasions. Right. Who knows? <laughs> no, no, no. It was Alex. Yeah, it was uh, it was very exciting today. Um, I was opening up a top shot pack with my brother, and one of the moments was Montrez Harrell dunking on JaVale McGee, and he was just super excited. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Trez uh wasn't a great Trez game, but I feel like that tends to happen when he is going up against a second unit center who has a little more size. And that was the case with uh, Luke Cornett, who's like 7'2 and kind of beefy, you know, like it's uh, just a tougher matchup to win physically. And Trez usually wins these matchups like with his energy and it's like Cornett appears to be like playing for a roster spot right now. So mm-hmm. he he brought the same level of verve, so to speak, that Trez usually does and usually overwhelms guys with. And that was not happening with Cornett. I thought it was so funny in the first half, actually, uh, KCP tried to drive at Cornette and sort of like gave him a little body contact. And then KCP just like flew off, like bounced back in the other direction. It's like, Ken, that strength is not really what I associate KCP with. No, he's always been like real slight. He has like, he has like a, I have, I do not have big broad shoulders by any means, but KCP is kind of like built like a mannequin. He's like (laughs) just very, shallow shoulders and it looks i don't know you know it works for him when he shoots it works for him so he can run get through screens i get it i just don't think you should be trying to like bulldoze your way into luke (laughs) Cornett. that's just all i'm saying 
So yeah, there was, there was a lot that didn't quite go right for the Lakers today. Uh, not altogether unexpected. It is unfortunate that the next game is on Saturday in the afternoon against Utah. All of those things do not seem to add up to a win. Um, I believe Utah played last night and they will be off until then. So they not only have the health advantage, they have the rest advantage and they have the talent advantage as long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis remain out. But one of those things is set to change soon. And we're going to talk about that after the break. All right, we're back on I Love Basketball. And even though the Lakers lost today, they got some good news when it was announced pregame that Anthony Davis has been cleared to return to court act on court activity. Am I getting that correct, Christian? Yeah, I I think so. That sounds right when it you say right. it. <laughs> Just you gotta say things with enough conviction and they sound right. Yeah. So Anthony Davis has been cleared for full on court activity and could return by next week. So all of the injury problems that we're talking about, I'm not going to say Anthony Davis fixes all those because I don't expect him to be playing 40 minutes a night when he comes back. And that's kind of how many minutes the Lakers need him to play. But Mm -hmm. something is better than nothing. How are you feeling about Davis coming back? Christian, what are you expecting? Uh, What am I expecting? I'm expecting a slow ramp up to the postseason. Um, I don't know if he'll get there. There's only like, what, 16 games left in the season. Uh, but even Anthony Davis at, you know, let's just say 80% is a really, really, really good player. Um, what I hope happens is all of the injury concerns, in, including that Achilles tendinosis that he was dealing with at the start, he's been li- listed out with a calf strain um, since that Denver game. No mention of the Achilles tendinosis. So let's hope that it is. it was truly something that with the proper amount of rest, it just, it's gone. And the cash strain is gone because there's nothing I, I would hate to see more than AD coming back only for the same problems he had before he got hurt, which was just him playing through these little injuries. And, you know, when, when you think about it, that was kind of his whole career in New Orleans. It, it was him playing through those little injuries. Lakers got really lucky with that last season. So that's what I'm hoping, but, you know, expect expectations and reality don't always you know, meet at the top. I think the Lakers have done well to be careful with AD thus far. You know, um, I don't expect that he is going to be playing in any back-to-backs, you know, for the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure that the Lakers are just going to keep him out of those. Maybe start with like 20, 25 minutes a game and slowly build from there because he has to get a rhythm, right? Like this is, this is a team that he hasn't played with much, right? Like uh, he was there at the start of the season, but uh, I, I haven't looked this up. I feel like I should have looked it up ahead of time, but how many games has Anthony Davis played this season? Do you Ooh, know off the top of your head? Is, no, I don't. Uh... Let's find out. Anthony Davis has played in dun, 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 23 games. Okay. So less than half of the season, Anthony Davis has been present for thus far. He's going to miss at least another three games, right? So at most, he's going to finish playing, what, 35 games this year out of 72, so just about half. I mean, I know that the Lakers have a lot of continuity from last year in the sense that, like, we've got KCP, we've got LeBron, right? We've got Alex Caruso, we've got Kuzma. There's, there's some players who are back, about six from the rotation last year. 
but there's a lot that has changed. And I don't know that Anthony Davis is entirely comfortable yet with the Dennis Schroeder, Mark Gasol, Wes Matthews, all those additions. And now even Andre Drummond, right? He's going to have to learn how to play with him. And they've never played together. And that's going to be just an entirely new experience. I mean, even when the Lakers looked great earlier, I remember AD joking with Dennis Schroeder when Damian Jones came around. He was like, how come you don't throw me any lobs? And it's like, they weren't even comfortable to do that yet. Like, how can you not be comfortable to throw Anthony Davis lobs? That seems mind blowing to me. So I, I'm glad that they're taking their time. I'm glad that they're presumably committing to a methodical ramp up to the postseason. But I am a little concerned just like what the Lakers are going to look like because yeah, on the surface, you plug in a superstar and things get better, Mm -hmm. but it's not always that simple. Yeah. I mean, look no further than um, when (laughs) the Cavaliers put together that team of like Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade and, that I I don't even know if LeBron James counts that Cavaliers team as a Cavaliers team. Um, I was thinking you, of the Bulls before you said LeBron James. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> the three alphas, you mean? No, that was Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. And uh, your point about Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond, I think, is really interesting though, because it it kind of not to harp on the Andre Drummond stuff, because I have made my opinions on Andre Drum the Andre Drummond signing pretty clear. Um, hasn't looked great since the Brooklyn game. Um, but when you bring in a guy like Andre Drummond, I don't know what his expectations for his touches or uh, what his role will be when LeBron James and Anthony Davis get back. He said all the right things so far, um, but it is much easier to throw a Damian Jones. I'm sorry to bring his name up again. Um, a Damian Jones or like... Have you a, watched the Kings recently, Christian? Is it that much easier to just plug and play Damian Jones? <laughs> well, it, it, to, to tell a guy like, hey, all you got to do is, you know, catch lobs, run, look athletic alongside Anthony Davis, you'll be fine. Um, it's going to be a little harder to, to integrate Andre Drummond if he expects those post touches and if, if he expects to be a focal point of the offense. I hope he's not. Um but you never know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that is a really great point that I haven't thought of just adds to my anxiety more, but luckily for you, my anxiety is at an all time low with this team. I think they're generally speaking, they're going to be fine. Uh, and I, I trust Frank to, to put it all together. Like he, like he did last season. Yeah. And push comes to shove. I'm not terribly concerned about the center thing because I just think that Frank will not play those guys when they're not good. Right. And I do think it would be nice for the remainder of the regular season to sort of have a, this is an Andre game. This is a Mark game instead of all of them being Andre games, unless he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, because I think Mark has a lot to offer and there are certain games like the nuggets are coming up again. I think that Mark would be a much better option against Nikola Jokic than Andre Drummond, but who knows if the Lakers will see it that way. And if they'll just continue to play Drummond because he needs to get his reps and Reps for what, I might ask, because he is not going to be playing closing time minutes in the playoffs. So why does he need to learn how to play with these guys? Sorry, I thought we'd, you, you had already said that we had closed the drumming bashing period. <laughs> I failed to acknowledge it's that. Not, it's not even a bashing. It's just like a, it's a logical way to look at the, the way the Lakers played last season. And right. the talent they have, the, they have Anthony Davis on the roster, Anthony Davis is going to play center in the postseason because Anthony Davis at center is good. 
Like, Anthony Davis at center is a top three center in the NBA behind Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but it feels true when I say it. And like you said, you say something with conviction, it it feels right. It sounds correct. And it's not even Anthony, I mean, Andre Drummond fashion. It's really just like Rob Palinka decision-making fashion. (laughs) This is what I have decided it is. And I'm perfectly fine bashing Rob because, you know, he doesn't play. We don't know what he's doing. So (laughs) anyway, uh, so the Lakers have two games against Utah coming up Saturday in the afternoon, then Monday evening. Then they have two games against Dallas coming up. Uh, Another set against the Mavericks. I know I said this earlier where like, I'm not terribly concerned about the Lakers falling out of the four or five spot. Dallas just won a game yesterday. They had no business winning. Like a, just a stupid, stupid way of winning a game, which was also awesome at the same time because mm-hmm. things that Luca does tend to be awesome. His ability to hit game-winning three-pointers from that particular spot of the floor is unparalleled at this point. <laughs> but I do think that the Lakers are going to struggle to beat the Mavericks if Anthony Davis is not available. And if they lose two games to the Mavericks, I'm going to be – I don't want to say like my anxiety is going to – like tip over or anything but this podcast that you and i record is going to have a much different tenor (laughs) next thursday (laughs) i think the mavericks suck okay Uh, and i think as long as kyle kuzma doesn't look as gassed as he did tonight which is a big ask because uh they do play two games against the jazz before then and i'm sure they're gonna go as hard as they possibly can against the number one seed I don't know how successful they'll be. The Jazz have been really, 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 really good this season. Like, I don't want to compare them uh, to the golden age of the Warriors, but good Lord, you watch them some games and it's like the ball is swinging and the Lakers as constructed do not have the guys to, to follow them uh, the, the way the, that ball is moving. So the Jazz, I'm worried about the Mavericks. Um Josh, Josh Richardson has, has not been good for them. And I understand Luca is very good. Porzingis can be good. But outside of them, I'm, I'm not terribly worried. I think the Lakers can steal one of those games. Do you think that the Lakers should just punt this game on Saturday? Oh, yes. I mean, if the fourth quarter of tonight's game is any indication, punting it might, you know, put you in the game. I, I think we're on the cusp of unlocking something with Costas. There's like a threshold of games that Anantokounmpo's need to reach in order to reach their like superstar potential. I think it's different with each brother because Thananis is not there yet. But I think Costas is close to his threshold. Once he hits like, I don't know how many career NBA, NBA games he's played, but I'm assuming it's less than 200. Once he gets to that 200 mark, he just like grows like Hercules. See, like, I don't, like I don't think did. players are allowed to sign two ways that long for him to get to the 200 game mark. Listen, but, it's a uh, season like, like unlike any other. The Lakers could force a seven game series and, and just in time for the finals reach yeah. it. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think if you if you got to rest guys i think both games against the jazz are are the time to do it yeah i'm okay with playing the one on monday because that's plenty of time in between now and then um but 
this is like a, a 36 hour turnaround before this next game. And they already look tired. So like think about all the testing they're going to have to do in between now and then my hope is that Schroeder gets a day off that Kuzma gets a day off that we just let Talon play 48 minutes and have a good time with it. Cause I Please think he, God. I think yes. he can play about 46. I really do. And you know, just let Vontae and the other guys get some run. The worst that could happen is we lose, which probably will, even if we start our first choice lineup at this point. But, you know, in the, not since they locked up the one seed in the bubble has Frank Vogel shown an inclination to rest regular season games. So yeah. I respect that he believes in the process, that he wants to use these games for, you know, practice or executing new schemes, integrating new guys. I just don't think this is one where we should be playing our best guys. <laughs> Listen, I, I saw a stat today about the number of players that have attempted 33-point attempts in a game. I think it's like eight players. If all goes well, if, if, if we want, or not 30, sorry, more than 20. Okay. 30 is a big number. That's um, a big number. Yeah. I saw I your think eyes. Clay I has like, done that. Wait, I said something wrong. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope Talon becomes the ninth in the next game against the Jazz. I'd rather be Macklemore, but I like <laughs> where you're going. The general thought process, I am on board with that. Yeah, it, it, in a tribute to Kobe's farewell game being a few days ago, the five-year anniversary, give Taylor and Kobe farewell game shots. Yeah. Feed I'm him all, the ball. I'm all for it. You know, somebody's <laughs> got to take the shots. He seems happy to do it, and he seems healthy. So let's yeah. run with that while it's still the case. Anyway, uh, this has been I Love Basketball. The Lakers lost to the Celtics, which sucked. Uh, fans are allowed back in Staples Center now, which is nice. I believe they are responsible for the Lakers losing today. So hopefully we get new fans in for the next game. And um, Lakers play next on Saturday. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you feel like listening to your shows. That was Christian Rivas. Make sure you're following his work at silverscreenroll.com, and we will catch you next week.